Welcome to the Taxol Podcast, where Taxol investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a Taxol veteran. I'm the leading Taxol expert. I am the author of the Taxol Playbook, founder of the Taxol Academy, and I am your host right here on the Taxol Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As a reminder, this is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the Taxol Academy. If you're looking to learn more about investing in tax-defaulted real estate, check us out. TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. Today, I want to discuss the bid sheet that I use at TaxSell auctions. Now, I've been going to auctions for close to 20 years, and I'm very confident that I have perfected the auction bidding process that works best for me. My suggestion to the brand new investors is to start with a process that we're about to discuss and then modify that process for however suits you best. Now, for the experienced investors, take the information that we're about to discuss and see if you can work it into your operation to help it run more smoothly. Now, one thing that I mentioned in a video last week is I typically treat in-person auctions the same way as online auctions. Now, obviously, the research aspect and everything prior to the auction, it's going to be the same regardless. But I'll take the same exact bid sheet to that in-person or that online auction. The only difference that I see is instead of sitting in the auction room, I'm looking at a computer screen in order to bid. But I treat them the same way. And partly, that's because I'm familiar with the process. I've used it for many, many years now. That same bid sheet should not change depending on the auction format. And the second thing is, that bid sheet that I'm using it's treated me very well over the years, so I just want to kind of stick to it. I shouldn't change what has been working for me. All right, so everything, of course, is going to start pre-auction. Much of what we do as tax law investors involves research. That's the bulk of what we spend, or at least should spend, our time on in this business. And this episode will assume that you have your research dialed in, and that you're ready to go in that regard. Now, as I'm working through this research process, I'll usually print out a physical auction list so I can hold it in my hands. This really helps me with a number of different things. It allows me to make notes on that hard copy. Um, obviously, you could leave that auction list on the computer screen if you wanted to, but for me, when I'm researching hundreds of properties, it becomes tedious trying to look in and trying to dial in and trying to figure out exactly what that one little tiny line of text reads over the course of hours and hours. So instead, I'll print that list out, and I can simply go line by line, checking off the properties as I research them. So that's kind of how it works best for me. Obviously, make your own opinion on that. Now, as I'm researching these properties, I'm gonna have that spreadsheet open that I will use as my bid sheet. Now, you can use Excel, Google Sheets, or whatever spreadsheet software you'll want to use. But the entire auction that you're about to attend is going to be based off of that bid sheet. It's pretty simple, but it's extremely important. Now, inside the Tax Law Academy, we actually provide a template that our members can use and just fill in the blank type stuff. Now, the first thing on that bid sheet is going to include the lot number or the property number or the item number or whatever your auction company wants to call it. So for example, the first property auction off might be number one. The next one might be number two. But that's going to be my very first column. It's the order in which the properties are being sold. Now, I will list every single property, even if I don't have any intentions on bidding on that property. And what this does 
is it really keeps my sequence in check. I've seen far too many people bid on the wrong property by mistake or lose their place in the auction and then forget or not be able to bid on the property that they wanted because by the time they found their spot, it is already sold. So by listing every property that's being sold onto my bid sheet, I can go down one by one. I'll also list the parcel number to that property. And this really serves as a checks and balances of sorts. I'll cross-reference my bid sheet with that auction sheet just to make sure I'm looking at the correct property. Now, in some cases, the auctioneer will even announce the parcel number that's being sold, which allows me to just focus on that bid sheet alone. Now, my bids have always been very, very accurate, which is in part due to the double and triple checking that I have worked in to my system. So we have the auction lot number, the parcel number. The next thing is gonna be some notes about the property. And this is more or less to fulfill my curiosity during the auction. And it also allows me to analyze the sales price, which we'll discuss later on. Now these notes will be five to 10 words about the property. I'm not listing an entire paragraph or anything like that. And I'll also include notes regardless of whether or not I'm interested in buying that property. So the notes, again, they're going to be pretty short. It could be something as simple as swamp lot or land lot, or it could be something like small block house, 850 SF per square feet. Pretty simple so far. Maybe it's nice lot, but $150 per month HOA or whatever it is. Something very simple, very to the point, just something to give me an idea of what I am looking at. If I'm only looking at that tax sale list, it's gonna have a legal description and a parcel number and not much else. So I'm not gonna have any idea about what's being sold. So if a property sells for $1 or $10 million and it piques my curiosity, I wanna at least be able to have something to reference. Because if you don't have that point of reference, at least myself, if I don't have that point of reference to having an idea of what that property is, and I see something sell for 15, 20 million dollars, and I have no idea what they're buying, the first thing I'm gonna do is pull out my smartphone, try to look that property up, see what I missed, because I'm so curious as to how that person figured out what that property was worth when I could not figure out what it was worth. What did I miss? And meantime, while I'm doing all that, they're selling properties. So just having a few notes kind of helps me to maintain my focus. Because I don't wanna keep asking myself, what did I miss? Did I make a mistake somewhere? Why is the sale price so high? We have to figure out all that stuff on the go. You don't wanna do that. Instead, you should be able to have these quick little notes that you can cross-reference. Now, I will also include the value of that property. So we have the lot number that's being sold, the parcel number, we have our notes, and next to that, the value of the property. And this is a value that I had quickly established after doing my research. It's a ballpark value that's also going to help me determine why people are bidding what they are on that property. It's going to provide me with a data point that I might need to analyze later if I made a huge mistake. And it also tells me how I did if I was to win a property. So if a piece of property I have a value set at $5,000 and it sells for $300,000, 
I can put a little asterisk by that property later on after the auction. I can then research that property to see what exactly I missed, which helps to better educate me moving forward. And then likewise, of course, if I win that property for, you know, if it's worth 5,000, I pay 1,000, I'll know right off the bat, hey, you've got a pretty good deal on that property just by comparing my winning bid amount to the value of that property. And then after that, the next column over, you're gonna have the all important maximum bid amount. Now there are numerous ways that you can come up with this amount. In the tax sale playbook, I discuss the principle that I use called ratios. And there's not a specific ratio that I use for every single property in every single area. But essentially what I'm doing is I'm creating and following a method that I can use based on my required margins without involving emotion. So if there's a lot valued at say $3,000, then I'm not gonna pay more than $1,000 in that instance. I use a one third ratio for that. Since after we factor in all the possible expenses, our margin is gonna get eaten up pretty quickly. So to probably that cheap, I need a larger percentage of margin. Now, many people run into the issue of letting their emotions guide their decisions to buy. So if the lot, say, is worth three grand, why not pay $2,000, right? That's $1,000, you don't need to be greedy. Well, you have taxes, you have deed fees, you have possibly title clearing fees, you have commissions, and all sorts of other stuff. Likewise, when you're not doing as well at the auction or just in the course of your general business, you tend to inflate your potential margins without good reason. You think you should bid more than you actually should just so you see some success. So my suggestion is to have a very strict ratio or formula that you follow closely. Do not allow yourself to vary from it. Then using this formula, determine your maximum bid amounts. And I have videos over on YouTube on how to do this, but this is an amount that's going to go on your bid sheet. And this is the number you must stop at when you are bidding. And that must should be a non-negotiable with yourself. You do not adjust that number on the fly. You stick to the number on your bid sheet based on your required margin when you're researching the property well in advance of the auction and when there was zero emotion involved. All right, next to that, you're gonna have your sales price. What did the property sell for at the auction? So working left to right, you have the lot number of the property being sold, the order that's being sold in. Then you have your parcel number next to that. Then you have some notes. Then you have your ballpark value. You have your maximum bid. And then the next column, the last column, is gonna be your sales price. And I include this for a number of different reasons. The first is that it makes me focus on what is happening. If I am dedicated to writing down each and every single winning bid, I'm going to pay attention so I don't lose my spot and so I won't miss out on any of the properties that I want to bid on. It also serves as yet another way to keep my bid sheet in order, to know which property is being auctioned off very, very quickly by looking at that sheet. I'll simply look at the last winning bid I wrote down and know that the property being auctioned off is the next one on that sheet. And as I mentioned before, I wanna be able to analyze that list in the future. So after the auction is complete, I actually keep all of my bid sheets. These will now serve me as a bid results list. Now in many states, the auction results are required to be public records, but 
they aren't always easily available. And a lot of times you really have to push and push to get your hands on those bid results. So instead of going through that whole process, I just keep my own bid results in the areas that I've attended auctions in. And then I can analyze the list in the future to determine whether or not that auction is gonna be worth attending again. And when you're attending many, many auctions, it's actually fairly easy to forget about the results that you had at previous auctions. They all kind of get jumbled together. And even if you didn't win any properties, there's still a strong possibility it's worth going back to in the future. So I'll take all of these bid sheets over the course of many, many months throughout the years, and I'll put them into a large tabbed three ring binder, like the three, four inch, the real thick binders. And I've got multiple of these in my cabinet. And then I'll organize those by state, by county, and by date. That way I can reference them in the future. So that's pretty much it for the contents of my bid sheet. Again, working left to right, you have the lot number that's being sold, the parcel number, notes, ballpark value, my maximum bid, and then I'll actually write in with an ink pen the amount that that property has sold for it, and I'll keep all that stuff. So let me go over a couple of other real quick suggestions, some stuff I've learned on utilizing this bid sheet over the years. What I'll do is I'll print my bid sheet out in horizontal or landscape method where it's the wide version. And this allows me to see everything kind of spread out. That's more or less a personal preference, but you can print it any way you want, but that's the way that works best for me. Something else I'll do is I will color coat every other line. Again, it helps me to stay on track and to stay organized so I don't make any mistakes. I'll typically use white for one line, then the next line will be a light gray. And I'll also use a blank sheet of paper to cover up everything below the property that's being auctioned off as I work my way down that list again to help me stay focused and to make sure I'm looking at the right property. Now, when I win a property, what I will do is I will circle that entire line with my pen. In addition to that, if I'm expecting to win multiple properties, I'll actually write down the lot number and the price that I should be paying for that property on a separate piece of paper or off in the margin. And what that allows me to do, it allows me to cross-reference my information with the clerk's information to make sure I'm getting the properties that I'm supposed to be getting and also to make sure that I am not overpaying because sometimes, it's pretty rare, but sometimes they can make mistakes. And when I'm attending an online auction, I'll typically bold or otherwise highlight the properties that I'm planning on bidding on. That way I don't miss any. And I used to do this for my in-person auctions as well until I noticed somebody behind me peering over my shoulder looking at my list one day. And whether he was trying to use my notes or just being nosy, I still have no idea. But nonetheless, I stopped highlighting, I stopped bolding the properties that I wanted to bid on on my list for the in-person auction. So now they look exactly like the rest of the properties on my bid sheet. The only difference is that they will have a maximum bid listed in the maximum bid column instead of just a line or all zeros. And then lastly, at an in-person auction, what I'll do is I'll take this list and I'll put it into a thin half inch three ring binder. And this serves as really a way to protect my bids it also provides me with a hard surface to write on because a lot of times you're gonna be sitting in a chair with nowhere else to write. So it provides a place for you to write and take notes. And it's also really just an easy way to carry everything around with me without the mess of a bunch of loose or stapled papers. 
So there you have it. That's the bid sheet process that I've been using in my business for many years now. So much of all this is really just about ensuring accuracy. It's going to also help make it easy to read and also easy to make sense in real time. At an auction format, a lot of it's gonna be very fast paced and you're gonna lose your spot very quickly or you're gonna bid off emotion very easily if you don't have all this information written down. Using this bid sheet, you simply go from one property to the next property and it tells you exactly how much to bid and exactly what to do. It's just a matter of following that bid sheet. It helps keep you organized, keep you in check and removes all emotions. Now, obviously, there are plenty of ways that you can create your own bid sheet, but the bid sheet that I just went over provides an efficient, accurate way for me to organize my bids, and I certainly hope that it has helped you out. Listen, if this episode of the Tax Solve Podcast has helped you or any of our other episodes, do me a huge favor and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on today. Now, I can help you in any way. If your quest for Tax Solve success, there are a whole bunch of links down below in today's show notes, including one to our primary website at taxcellacademy.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast.